So uh, I, I picked a topic that was going to kind of coincide with our VBS. So Christ, Jesus, our firm foundation. And that was the theme. And in fact, that was the motto of VBS, Jesus, our firm foundation. And so I wanted to look at some passages that discuss Jesus as our foundation, because this is kind of a favorite metaphor in the Bible of how to think of Jesus, how to think of our Savior, that, uh, that Jesus says that I am the, the way and the truth and the life, right? He's the light of the world. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the bread of life. Jesus likes to give illustrations of uh, common day things and, and how we need these things to survive. But there's this construction metaphor in the Bible and I think it's just kind of a fun one, you know. Uh, who needs a foundation in their life? Well, what do you live in? Is it, is it a house? <laughs> I remember the first house I bought, they had uh, done the tension foundation. And my, uh, my grandfather on my, my dad's side uh, had been in construction. And he was just so thrilled that we were getting this tension-based uh, foundation. It was going to be strong and it was going to stand. And... Uh, yesterday we were out in the field and we were standing on sinking sand, I'll tell you. And uh, we have to bring in different ground back there because that is such loose dirt that you just uh, were terrified <laughs> when the rain comes. It might be a mudslide back there. So we're putting in uh, better foundation, better sand, so that we can walk on it without sinking. Uh, the firm foundation really relates to a lot of aspects of life because culture is not firm. Culture is fluid, and the world around us is in constant change, and the temptation for the Christian is always to move with the culture. And the culture brings a lot of influence to the church. And there are certain places where we can move with the culture because they aren't contrary to Scripture, but when they are contrary to Scripture, we need something that is firm that will not allow us to sink and shift with the winds of the culture. And so... What is our foundation? Our foundation is Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus as the bedrock of your soul, if you have not invited Christ into your life, you are blown and tossed by the wind. And so it is imperative that we gravitate towards this image, this, this foundation, that, that Christ has laid a foundation and then God is doing something on that foundation. He's building something. He's building a temple, a tabernacle. And this is another picture that you cannot build the house of God on, on just any foundation, but only on the foundation of Christ. And so what does God do with his temple? He dwells in it. And so are you going to be available for God's indwelling presence? You can be if you are built on the foundation of Christ. So we're going to begin with Isaiah. So if you have a Bible, head to Isaiah 28. We're going to hop from Isaiah to 1 Corinthians to 2 Timothy. So these are the three texts we're going to look at today. But Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore the Lord God said, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. And of course, this passage comes from the Old Testament. What? What? What could be going on in the Old Testament? If you go to the old Greek of this, it says that the one who believes on him will be unshakable or unhurried. Depending on your translation, it may say unhurried. Some translations say not panicked. And the idea is that as the winds of the world around us are coming against us, the temptation is to be frantic. 
And what's going on in Israel is this prediction that Assyria might be coming soon to wipe away the northern tribes of Israel. Babylon will come and destroy the southern tribes. And there might be temptations to make peace with other nations to try to be protected against what might come. And God says you don't need to be making treaties with the world. Earthly treaties are not going to give you the strength that you need. What you need is me, the firm foundation that I'm going to provide. So God's foundation gives us true assurance. And this is something today. Is it wrong to make treaties with other nations? Is it wrong to kind of pull together our resources so that we can fight against evil? Of course not. We talked about D-Day a few Sundays back, or last Sunday actually, and how important it was that we came together to fight the evil that was going on uh, through the, the German regime at that time. But in this context, what was going on is that God had told his people not to make a treaty with Egypt, and they were making a treaty with Egypt. They were trying to have a worldly solution. But the judgment of Assyria was a spiritual judgment. And so oftentimes we try to match worldly fears and threats with worldly solutions not realizing what we're learning through Daniel is that God's in control of everything. He's pulling it all together. And because of that, we need to have spiritual solutions. God's foundation is the true assurance. Do you trust that God will be there to save you? The one who believes that is unshakable. Surety is accessed by faith. Isn't it interesting that the whole Bible you go through and there's this idea of, oh, I've got to keep the law to be saved. Uh, whenever you really dig into the Old Testament, what you realize is that nobody kept the law and there was really no expectation that anyone would keep the law and be saved. The whole sacrificial system existed because God knew that they wouldn't keep the law, but God did not want burnt offerings. What he wanted was obedience and repentance. And so how do we access this firm foundation the same way that we access it in the New Covenant era? is the same way we access it in the old, by faith. The one who believes will be unshakable. I was reading a story about a sales rep meeting with their manager. They weren't doing so well. And the manager showed them a map. And it was a pushpin of where all of the sales reps were. And the manager said to his sales rep, I'm uh, not firing you, but I am going to loosen your pin just a little bit so that you can understand the insecurity of your situation. I think that's funny. <laughs> when we are insecure of our position with God, we give in to fear. We're shakable. And if you feel shakable, the question you have to ask is, am I believing on the firm foundation or not? And if you aren't, believe on the firm foundation, right? Do the things that will inspire you to strengthen your faith. This is why coming to church is important. This is why reading your Bible is important. Praying is important. Sharing the gospel is important. You know, one of the ways that you gain an understanding of what you really believe is sharing it out loud with somebody else and having to process it verbally. It gives you a sense of, do I even know what I'm talking about? You know, and the, the biggest fear of most Christians is telling someone about Jesus and then having a question come that they don't know the answer to. Well, what would I do? Well, you, here's your answer. You say, I'm not sure of that answer, but I'd be really excited to, to look at that, and, and maybe we could talk about it again sometime. Or maybe, I, I don't know, but you know, come to church, and my pastor might be able to answer that question. But the important thing is that as you process it, you start to find out where your weaknesses are and what you need to dig deeper into. And so be a believer, and then you will experience that steady peace that you have when you're grounded on the rock. 
All right, the next passage we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians. I even put my markers in here so I could find it. I even cheated and stuck it on this sheet of paper, but I'm, I'm using a real Bible, everybody. These are, these are verses in the text. We're going to 1 Corinthians 3.11. Now, we actually went through this about a year ago, this, this whole section, so I'm not going to dig in too deeply. Um, but the image here that Paul's talking about is how he's been working and ministering, Apollos has been working and ministering, others are working and ministering, and, and there's this rival going on. Well, I'm discipled by so-and-so, and I'm, well, I'm following Jesus, and they're having a little infight in the church, and it's kind of nonsense. And he says, you know, there's no other foundation, verse 11, there is no, no one can lay any foundation other than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. So you don't have to worry about who is your pastor, discipler, uh, Sunday school teacher, and think that you've got pride in that, because there's only one foundation that any true uh, Christian leader is laying, and that is the one that's already laid down, Jesus Christ. There is only one place that you can find that assurance that Isaiah spoke about, and that is in the bedrock, that foundation of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, they knew it was coming, but they weren't sure how it was going to materialize. And you get into Isaiah, and you get into uh, some of the passages of the servant psalms, and, and it's amazing, these songs that are sung in Isaiah 53, and uh, the, the one that would come that would bear the sins of the world, that uh, by his wounds we would be healed. This unknown person 700 years before Christ would be born is going to come to take away the sins of all people, that this same one is the shoot of Jesse. This same one is going to be uh, Emmanuel, God with us. This is all throughout the book of Isaiah. And in that book, we have this passage of, don't be afraid because I'm going to lay a foundation. And in that foundation, you will be safe. You'll be unshakable. And we know then that that foundation is Jesus. And of course, that may not surprise you, but it's important to recognize the promise 700 years prior, now in 52 AD, when Paul is writing Corinthians around that time, is the same promise that our assurance is in the foundation of Christ. But it provides security only if you take up the offer of salvation. You see, the foundation laid is presenting a salvation that's in Jesus Christ. I remember watching Billy Graham on television. He was being interviewed, and he was being asked if, uh, is it really only one way? I mean, are you really uh, stuck on that? And, and he goes to Acts, and he quotes Peter. There is no name under heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except by me. There is only one foundation. It's so terribly exclusive and so wonderfully so. Because if you are trying to find out how do I have peace with God, how do I have peace with this dramatic world that I'm in, there's one way. You don't have to learn a number of ways. You don't have to go on a journey and pick up a little bit of uh, Eastern mysticism and, and Western philosophy and mix it together and try to find a new path. No, there's one way, and the way is Jesus Christ. No other foundation can be laid. So the question I ask is, what foundation do you stand on? See, this whole passage is, again, the building of this temple, and God is building 
with you and I, and he's putting together his kingdom, his house, where he will dwell forever. We get a picture of this in Revelation when God returns and he dwells with his people, and he's building on that foundation of Christ. Are you on that foundation or not? If you are not on that foundation, when Christ comes to make his dwelling, he will not make it with you. You will go where, where the others go. Today in Sunday school, we're going to be talking about how he will judge the quick and the dead from the Apostles' Creed. That Jesus has ascended where he waits to judge the quick and the dead because he is coming to judge. And those that are not found on the foundation of Christ will be left to judgment without the forgiveness that's only available in Jesus Christ. Verse 9b says, You are God's field. You are God's building. If you are, then the promises that are given in Isaiah are yours that if you believe on him you will not be shaken. If you are not, then that promise is not yours. Then you're left to your own devices. How do I figure it out? And I'll tell you today, it is not popular to be told there's only one way. In fact, there's nothing more offensive to the world today than that holy standard that God says, here is how. Well, God, I, I like other options. C.S. Lewis says, when the author walks onto the stage, this is when it's all over, the play is over. God is going to invade, all right. But what is the good of saying you are on his side then? When you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream and something else comes crashing in, this time it will be God without disguise. Something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side. That will not be a time for choosing. It will be a time when we discover which side we really have chosen, whether we realize it before or not. Now today, this moment is our chance to choose the right side. Before you leave here today, I hope that you'll, you'll investigate. Have you given your life to Christ? Have you built on his foundation? Have you accepted his foundation as your only source of hope or not? And I hope that you won't leave today without choosing to be on the right side. You see, people talk about being on the right side of history, and they forget that history is really two words. It's his story. And you might be on the right side of some sort of agenda of the day and the wrong side of his story. And I don't care. Christians have been on the wrong side of the short cited history many times. Many of them are martyrs and they're with God in glory. And I think that if we could interview them today, they would say, oh, for the glory that I might experience more sufferings for Christ. They wouldn't trade it for anything. Finally, for those of you that are built on that foundation, that you have claimed Christ and Christ is in you and you are in him, we turn to Timothy because the story is not over. 2 Timothy 2.19 tells us, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. The same one that Isaiah spoke of, and it has an inscription on it. You have that picture of this foundation, this great solid foundation which God is building his church. It says, the Lord knows who are his. It's like at the foot of the Statue of Liberty. We have inscriptions there. At the foot of God's church, written on Christ, the Lord knows who are his. But it doesn't, that's not the only thing, is it? 
Everyone who names the name of the Lord must turn away from unrighteousness. That one's kind of surprising. I thought that all I had to do was believe and I would be saved. And we hear James saying, no, no, no. The demons believe and they tremble. Because if you truly believe, you will repent. You will turn away from the sin that has ensnared you and you will focus only on Christ and you will turn away from unrighteousness. Jesus, our firm foundation, promotes sanctity, holiness, purity, so that we don't live as the world lives. We get married. We don't just live in a relationship without a commitment. Heaven forbid that Christ called us to a relationship without a commitment. He showed His commitment by His blood. We know that God says, I created male and female, and because of that, there is male and there is female, and it's a gift of God. We know that God created one man and one woman, and by one man and one woman, the race of the world exists. And because of that, we love one another. And by this, all men will know that we are Christ's disciples because I don't care what your race is, what your color is, what your economic class is. If you are in Christ, I love you. And if you are outside of Christ, I love you and I pray for you as I would pray for my enemies. Because Jesus is changing us and we are being built into this glorious foundation. And you know what? Every nation, every tribe, every tongue is a part of what God is putting together. This is the holy people that we talk about in Peter. This great, wonderful, holy priesthood. If you want to heal the problems of the world, follow Christ. Turn from wickedness and transform it the old-fashioned way from the inside out. And maybe in three or four generations we'll see improvement. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. When God moves, things will happen. But it moves by individuals taking responsibility for their own sin, repenting of that sin and standing on the rock of Christ, knowing that he's forgiven my sin and then I'm not going back to it. And so the firm foundation is going to ground us in this world. I pray that today you will put your faith in Christ and if you are in Christ that you will make commitments to turn away from wickedness because in so doing we can change the world. But more importantly, if it doesn't happen in this life, that when that judge comes back, when the holy king comes back, instead of hearing, depart from me, I never knew you, you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your father. I pray that you'll hear that. That is our message for today. Jesus, our firm foundation, he will provide security to you. He will present you salvation, and he has done it. And he promotes sanctity in your life. Will you pursue holiness? If so, then God would be the glory. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. So we're going to close with a song if the band would head this direction. And if you need to make a decision today, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Jim Woodward and Pastor Jim Minnick and... I'll play an instrument. We don't need all of us up here. <laughs> if you have a decision to make, please come and talk to one of these men. And if you need to pray for your lost loved ones who haven't found the foundation of Christ, please take this time. And if you've got sin that you've carried to Sunday church, Amen. give it away. Amen. Pray. Make repentance right now. This is the time. All right. Please stand.